0: Get notifications and stay updated every time I post a challenge podcast by hitting the subscribe button. Thank you all and hope you enjoy. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back on the podcast. I have another guest who we haven't seen for quite some time, right? Where's Luke? Well, I found him and he's kind of rounding out the Fresh Me Too guys here. I've had most of them on before, but please help me welcome my guest at this time. Mr. Luke Wolf. How you doing? Good, man. Um, Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, Just
1: kind of living life out here in the Northwest still and uh, reminiscing on the the good old challenge days.
0: (laughs) Yeah, from following you on Instagram, I kind of see you uh, up in the mountains a lot. uh, A lot of snow over by you. is, Is that what you do? Just go on hikes and stuff?
1: yeah I mean i'm I'm kind of a weekend warrior I run a business uh, you know during the week but uh, i've I've gotten into mountaineering lately so I climb a lot of mountains I've always been a big snowboarder um, really just yeah weekends are for getting out and I like being on top of things and in the snow so yeah it's uh, climbing a mountain snowboarding down it that's like perfect for me that's that's my nirvana
0: <laughs> so, so I take it then the fresh me too house is right up your alley then
1: Oh, dude, absolutely. That Whistler house was unreal. I mean, that was such a cool, just like the the most amazing log cabin you could ever, like, you know, imagine.
0: And when I have most of my guests from that season on, I, that's something I always ask them is their thoughts on that house. Because just from watching it from a casual, um, you know, viewer standpoint, that's probably my favorite house. Um, from a challenge season that I've watched at least. So that's, and I wish they had more, uh, seasons in like cold weather locations. I mean, I know last season, wait till you hear this, um, like uh, the past season that just happened, they were back in Czech Republic. Right. But they had them living in an underground bunker. (laughs) Okay.
1: I thought I heard something about that. I haven't really been keeping up with it lately, but I heard the bunker thing and it was back in the Czech, uh, back in Prague. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Damn, yeah, but you, yeah. you you just said about um you know not really following it that much is um the challenge kind of something that um just organically kind of uh, slipped away from you and you kind of slid under the radar or was it something you intentionally wanted to put on kind of the back burner of your life?
1: You know, it, it kind of just organically happened, honestly. Like they had called me for a third challenge. Um, gosh, I want to say it was it wasn't the next season after Cutthroat, but like the the following season. Um, and I was in, you know, I had like, uh, I would cut or, you know, I'd, I'd taken the term off of school and I would got everything ready. And then something happened, someone pulled out, they had to, you know, rechange the format or whatever. And I ended up getting um, on the alternate list instead. And I just never got in there. Um, And so that that kind of left like a bit of a salty taste in my mouth. Um, But you know, it was what it was. Uh, And then by the time they called me for number four, I'd kind of already had the career job sort of, you know, I was I was rolling in that direction. And it was just uh, it it was impossible to take six weeks off, you know, so it's like it would have been cool to do another one. But I'd already kind of been tracking towards something else.
0: Yeah, and I actually read that, too, because I'm sure, I mean, you could probably even imagine with fans how they are. They dig up, like, who's getting called or who could potentially be there and stuff. Yeah, that season you were referring to, um, the fourth one they called you for, I think it was uh, Battle of the Seasons, was, like, the format, and they had a fresh meat team. I heard that um, that was, yeah, because from what I read, I heard that you declined that one, so I guess from what you just told me, that was why, right, because of the job?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was the job and um, battle of the seasons. That would have been fun, man. Who uh, who were the the fresh meat competitors? I mean, give me a couple, you know, heavy hitters or whatever they were on there.
0: So it w- The way it worked was they had two girls and two guys, and it was Brandon. But they combined the f- the first uh, fresh meat with the second fresh meat. So oh, you were obviously okay. on the second one. So. It was Brandon, and then they had Big Easy, because he was on the original Fresh Meat. And mm. then um, they had Car Maria. But the funny thing about Cara was that it was actually originally supposed to be Car Lee, right? So then, yeah. I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't know if maybe Cara replaced her or whatnot, but on the first episode where they came in, they had to iron on Car Maria. On the oh,
1: over of- the <laughs> Lee. <laughs>
0: Oh, man,
1: no shit. Well, that would have been a fun one to be on because, like, Brandon was one of my favorite homies from both of those seasons. Like, he is such a good dude. It would have been fun to get another one in with him. He didn't get screwed on that one, did he? Um,
0: They, they ended up losing, I think, uh, fair and square. But, um, yeah, they didn't really make it too far, no, because the way that worked was that was kind of like an unprecedented season because – they had more rookie teams than they did um you know veteran teams so by that point in time that was brandon's like i'd say third challenge or fourth third or fourth challenge yeah fourth so at that point him and car maria you know big easy were kind of considered more of veterans whereas like those newer world seasons were coming in and just picking them off and um yeah that was kind of how that pay, uh, played out. They um kind of got picked off in the
1: beginning <laughs> right no it seems like the dynamics changed man they've uh, they've opened it up to a lot more shows and you know seasons and stuff and and things have changed like it's turned into a real game.
0: Yeah for sure what what about this year though? what's it kind of been like for you with the uh, whole adjustment?
1: Oh, man. You know, for us, like luckily with business, it's been pretty good. Um, I'm in commercial construction, so our contracts are long term and um, things got kind of stalled out for a bit. But like work-wise, we were able to keep moving on. since I live kind of in a not a small town, but it's like a college town. You know, I live in Eugene, Oregon, still. Um, so it just it hasn't affected us like you know the big cities. You know, I was um, saying I got I got a buddy in Brooklyn. You know, that was afraid to leave his apartment for three months, and I wow. I never really got that able to get out on in the woods on the weekend and and just kind of mess around like getting outside, but still staying away from people, kind of thing. So it hasn't
0: been that bad. From, yeah, and you just mentioned uh, about your uh, your friend not wanting to leave. From experience, I'd say the first month or so in Times Square, because I'm about 10 minutes from there, um, it was completely empty. Like, you, you could probably uh, hear crickets in uh, Times Square. In Times Square? That's crazy, yeah. yeah. That's, like, pretty much, <laughs> like you're never going to see a day in like the normal life where Times square is um empty like it's always crowded you always got people coming in coming out so yeah wow
1: man yeah that's unreal just seeing the the way the whole country has reacted to this is, has been wild man I'm, I'm ready to get back to normal life i can definitely <laughs> see
0: are we all <laughs> yeah
1: oh yeah i miss live music i I was thinking about it the other day i mean that's the biggest thing i miss i've had to cancel a couple you know good concerts i was going to this year like it's just i'm ready to get back out there like have the bars open just be able to hug friends you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: for sure but now let's kind of get into uh what i'm sure everyone's listening is going to want to hear about which is obviously you know chat more challenge related stuff Oh yeah i kind of I want to take it back a ways to your casting story and kind of how that whole process played out with you coming on to uh, Fresh Me Too.
1: Yeah, so I've actually got kind of an interesting casting story. Um, I I never really like wanted to do this stuff necessarily. Like I grew up watching Real World Here and There and The Challenge. I was stoked on The Challenge. Like I did watch that a fair bit in high school. Um, But I was in college here in Eugene and I had a buddy at the college up the road, Oregon State University, um, who had a couple cheerleader uh, buddies that like wanted to come down and do this open casting call. Um, So he hit me up and he's like, hey, man, can you like kick it at your place, like take some shots, pregame a little bit and then all cruise over? Um, And I had nothing going on. So I was like, yeah, no problem. And and me and my buddy were just going to hang out outside. But we figured it was a big group interview. So, you know, why not go in? um and what you'll never find out in the shows um like bia murray was pissed off i uh when i casted i was like hippie luke like i had long hair like i do now you know i had all the hemp and the rasta gear on like they were looking for a hippie and so i was in this group interview where you know the typical deal everybody's throwing themselves at the interviewer and trying to get heard and me and my buddy are just kind of hanging back in uh and, BSing and you know just not really engaged and finally the interviewer um called me out and asked me it was something to do with like pot legalization you know or like when's the last time you smoked marijuana or what you know it was something along those lines and i gave apparently because he shut the interview down immediately after that um And, you know, said, thanks, everybody. You know, it's been great. Hey, Luke, can we get you to stick behind for a little while? I was like, okay, cool. And uh, and everybody else, you know, left the room giving me like, you know, the glare of death because they all knew I didn't really (laughs) want to be there. Um, And I had to go through the basic, you know, questionnaire. I think it's like 100 questions, you know, anything and everything under the sun. Um, and while my homies were out there waiting for like three hours for me to finish this thing (laughs) and um And so I like I got all done with that and um these guys decided to spend the night So we went and partied um, and I got a call later that night Um, and they asked me to go do a video interview the next morning. Um, and at that point I was like, you know, fuck it why not and uh kind of went through that process and then I ended up being cut for I forget what real world season that was, um, but I ended up you know being a real world reject in in that sense, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which was fine with me because I think I wouldn't have, have hacked it in the real world. Um, the challenges were kind of more my thing. But but a couple months later they called me back up and asked if I was interested in the challenge, um, and I said yes. I went for a couple more interviews. And then uh, the kicker of it all, probably like the funniest part of this whole casting process is that they made me take a drug test. And I think they make everybody take a drug test, but it's like, guys, you, you pegged me as a stoner. Like, I'm not going to pass this drug test. Right. Um, (laughs) So I had this whole debacle of faking a drug test to get onto this show um, wow. which is a whole nother story in itself, but um made it on, you know, passed the drug test. I finally get there, I eventually asked production, you know, I'm like, what the fuck were you guys thinking? Like, why do you make me take this drug test? Um, of course I was gonna show up as, you know, having weed in my system, and they're like, Oh no, we didn't care about that, you know, we just didn't want to make sure you weren't like a junkie or like a meth addict or something um and so like that that was just like the most ridiculous part of my casting thing like never even needed to happen right like I was all stressed out about this drug test I went through all this craziness to to you know fake this thing and it was always going to be like oh okay so so Yeah, in a nutshell, like, that was my drug test. I had to bring my, or my, my casting process. I had to bring a condom full of my buddy's clean pee in with me. And <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a nightmare, man. It was a nightmare. But we got here, you know. I, <laughs> I got the ticket. I signed the contract, and we were good to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is probably the gnarliest casting story I've heard. <laughs> right.
1: And then, you know,
0: I show up
1: um, with no hair and like they were they were so annoyed with me because they casted me, I assume, you know, as this hippie character. And um, a couple weeks before the first show, before Fresh Me Too, me and my buddies decided to drink a bunch of uh, mad dog 2020 and hop a train you know like a bunch of hobos and in order to do this we're like well let's you know let's cut our hair into mullets um so we all cut our hair into mullets and did that and then afterwards it's like okay i can't keep the mullet. let's just shave it all off <laughs> so that's how challenge luke came to be <laughs> wow <laughs>
0: So yeah, now you're coming on to the challenge, and uh, you know you you mentioned about the real world being cut and stuff. I think that might have been the same one that Brandon got cut for too, because he was okay. telling me about it. It was I think it might have been Cancun was one of them, and um, DC I think was around that time frame. So yeah,
1: yeah, it could have been DC because I remember Emily and Ty, you know, from Cutthroat, like oh, yeah. they were rookies, and they had just got done with their real world season.
0: So, then, yeah, it was probably then, then, yeah. mm mm-hmm. so, so, yeah. So, now, you're coming on to Fresh Me, too, and then, obviously, the, um, the way the draft worked was you ended up without a partner, and then you got one brought in. Um, you know, it's been uh, told that your partner wasn't able to make it into the country due to passport stuff. So, how did that kind of play out? Did they tell you, um, you know, what was going to be going down? I mean, obviously, I think we saw on screen, right, they were like... Uh, we'll have a partner for you or something like that. Did they tell you anything off-camera?
1: No, I mean honestly like what you saw on the screen is kind of like it, it was hitting me firsthand, right? Like I was up there. I I Legitimately had like the second best combine scores. I mean not it was a joke of a combine But like I was pretty <laughs> confident that like okay, I'm, I'm gonna get picked at least you know top three or four Because um, my scores were so good and you know, obviously that didn't happen Um and so I thought I was going home, man. Like, I thought I was going home. And then TJ finally said, you know, hey, your partner um, wasn't able to make it. We got someone coming for you. And that was until Evelyn showed up. Like, I had no idea who was coming, you know, what what was going to happen, essentially.
0: So, so now what, what was it like uh, kind of having Evelyn as a partner? And we'll get into kind of how it, um, you know, culminated later on with the elimination. But, mm-hmm. you know... What about just in general, like maybe first um, reaction to having Evelyn as a partner and kind of leading up to that elimination? What was it like having her as a partner?
1: Yeah. I mean, so first reaction like that night, um, you know, I was being, people were like, Oh God, I hope it's not Evelyn. You know, like they're I, I, we see them bringing Evelyn in. And if, if that happens, like you're set up, man. And so like first reaction was like stoked, you know, I'm, I'm going to come in with this, you know, passionate, like chick that's paid her dues and is a competitor. Um, so I was stoked for a while, but dude, we, we were like oil and water. Like, um, You know, that first that whole Fresh Meat series, like I my whole philosophy was like, hey, I'm super stoked to be here. I just want to be chill with everyone, have a great time. And when it comes time to compete, I'm going to bust my ass and, you know, show up and make it happen, Uh, which I think I did for pretty much all of them. I mean, everybody has their gas here and there, but uh, but she only cared about the game, only cared about the money um, really didn't give a shit at all about me. I mean, I was just a pawn and a tool for her and honestly a scapegoat for her still in my mind. Um, and then, yeah, following up to that elimination challenge, um, I just feel like she never really, you know, she never really respected what I brought to the table. Like I was, you know, physically very fit. Um, you know, mentally the puzzles and stuff for the most part, uh, that Tetris thing fucked me up. Like I'll, I'll take, I'll take the, uh, the loss on that one, but overall, I feel like I was a pretty good competitor and she just dished all of her failures, you know, on me in, in that season, I think.
0: But what went down in that elimination though, cause it was that mm. checkpoint that you guys skipped. Was there anything we didn't see?
1: So, oh God, it was, that was a wild night, man. I mean, that was one of the toughest things I've ever done. I, I don't really think there is much that was going on behind the scenes that you guys didn't see, but basically we showed up to that checkpoint. Um, and she just had it in her mind that we needed to bus pass Landon and Carly, you know, we were making good time at this point. We just need- that this puzzle wasn't going to be worth it and you know i said basically i was like come on let's give this one try you know let's see if if we can do this in 30 seconds and shave five minutes off our time you know where's the cost benefit there like that's obviously a benefit uh, but she wasn't having it uh and she just kept marching up that hill and you know who knows what would have happened maybe we would have finished the puzzle uh maybe we wouldn't have i mean it didn't seem like it was that difficult uh but, uh, but yeah, we got up there, and, you know, I think with that puzzle, they ended up beating us, you know, by, like, two minutes or something, so there is it, – it definitely turned the tables, obviously.
0: Yeah, and it seemed like you were kind of pushing to – do the checkpoint, and then it was her idea to kind of skip it. And then after the fact, she's crying and then like refusing to. uh I don't know what is it. Shake your hands. Oh you? yeah,
1: no, it was pathetic. She was. She didn't want to shake my hand, TJ's hand, Landon, Carly. Like she was. She was just throwing a tantrum, man. Like it was. <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, I think TJ said it best. Like you would never seen. You know, a three-year-old on the challenge or whatever. <laughs> And so from that day from that you know evening like I haven't heard from or talked to Evelyn since then so I don't know you know what she's up to now I'm sure people change but I I don't think I'd want to be on a team with her again
0: <laughs> So there was no conversation after the fact right between you two
1: not really. I mean, they stuff us in a van, you know, uh, to go down to Whistler Village, I think, where we had a hotel for tonight, And uh, it was a pretty quiet ride home. She just kind of <laughs> cried in a corner. And I was like, you know, whatever. We, we fucking tried hard. We almost did it. You know, <laughs> we left it all on the field. Right. So, hey, I mean, you guys
0: went out against the champs, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And what we went into, we went into three elimination challenges, you know, that season and, and, you know, that was the one that took us down. So we were strong. Um, I wish we would have won a challenge or two, but Laurel and Kenny, man, they just, they seem to have everything dialed in.
0: (laughs) So now you obviously leaving that challenge the way you did with Evelyn and stuff, kind of obviously, I'm sure maybe left somewhat of a sour taste in your mouth. And I've had a couple people. I mean, Car Maria won. She went out on the first elimination, and then we obviously know what the rest is history. Did oh yeah. You, did you expect to get a call back after that to come back? <laughs> so I sort
1: of did, um, but only because something that did happen off camera. I don't. It may have been on a daily or something, but towards the end of that uh, season. It was getting, you know, everybody was getting pretty stir-crazy in that house, and there was a lot of booze going around. And um, there was an evening where we were all getting pretty drunk, and for whatever reason, uh, I started doing some penis puppetry. <laughs> I did a, I did a little circus penis puppetry show, um, and everybody was cracking up. I mean, um, you know, all the... Uh, the um the producers and shit included and you know kitty pulled me aside later he's all man like that just guaranteed you a second season that performance there um, so i kind of left that challenge thinking that it was definitely a possibility um I, you know i wasn't positive but um but when the call came i wasn't surprised either
0: Wow. So from what I'm kind of gathering here, like, uh, it seems like we didn't see like a ton of like what we could have potentially seen out of Luke. And we'll get into some stuff later because I know from the shit they should have shown addition to Cutthroat, you were uh, pretty heavily involved. So <laughs> I'll, I'll save that for later. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, bookmark that. Um
1: yeah, yeah, I I like to have a good time. I you know, at that point I was definitely a party man, um and and yeah, was not to uh taking my clothes off for any reason. So <laughs> I had a little gigolo on set. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, and um, so Cutthroat's your second season. You guys, uh, the Gray team kind of seemed like they were uh, running things around there, but uh, Abram was kind of like the head dog, and he seemed to kind of take you under his wing a little bit. What was your dynamic like with him?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, me and Abram got along pretty well. Like, Abram's a totally different cat, you know? Like, his his brain is wired differently than everyone else, um, and, you know, in a good way. um, But he... Yeah, he sort of ended up being a bit of a mentor figure in that um, situation. And so, no, that was fun. And I feel like, as that, you know, Cutthroat was a much better challenge for me. I, I got, I think, a lot better edits. Um, I was more confident. I did, you know, fairly well. Um, and so, yeah, it was good kind of, you know, learning the ropes from someone like Abram who had been around and, you know, kicked ass since. Shit, he was on uh, Road Rules, like in early Road Rules, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, so no,
1: we were we were fairly tight on that. I mean he, he spent most of his time canoodling carb. <laughs> <sighs> or painting his face and hiding under beds. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we we mentioned Cara. I mean, what about her evolution, dude? She goes out uh, first challenge uh, or first elimination on Fresh Me Too to pretty much uh, the female face of the franchise. They have a new thing called CBS All Access when uh, you could go and rewatch Challenge Seasons and stuff. They just came out with it, and her face is um, on the front cover That's of it. Around.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's really cool because I, um, like, Cara Maria was one of my favorite girls there, um, you know, and I got to spend a lot of time with her, well, number one, in the Fresh Meat tent, you know, when we were kind of being, uh, going for boot camp or whatever before the show even started, and then all through Cut Pro, and, uh, you know, it really sucked. Like, she, you know, it, it didn't seem like she she had her headspace right in uh, Fresh Meat 2. Uh, obviously, she didn't. And then we got to see... Her kind of gain confidence and and just turn into the new Kara in uh, Cutthroat and by the end of that thing, I mean she was killing it. Like she, it was her, me, and Laurel at the end of the day there. Um, and and yeah, she stood the test.
0: <laughs> now, what about Laurel though? Because uh, she was a little bit of a tough cookie on you guys, you and I. Uh, Laurel. Conor.
1: Yeah, I don't think Laurel really ever, received. you know, me and Laurel didn't get along very well. She played a, a, a cutthroat game, you know, um, and I was, you know, I was there trying to, the great team was kind of set up to be this like fair and diplomatic sort of situation. And she wasn't having that. Um, and, you know, I can understand that. But, uh, you know, I think after the challenge or after the, the final challenge, I think we both got a little more respect for each other as, and maybe that was only for, you know, a few days or weeks or whatever, but we hugged it out at the end of that. Um, and, you know, both realized that, you know, we were competitors and, you know, we kind of squashed whatever we had. Um, now granted, you know, I haven't been in another challenge since I think she, uh, you know, she's definitely in prior seasons done some things that I certainly don't approve of. And, um, She's, you know, got some stuff to own up to, but uh, but overall, I think at the end of Cutthroat, we'd kind of, you know, just like thrown out aside and and respected each other for com- the competitors that we were. So,
0: <laughs> do you guys think you guys uh, would have won though, had uh, Sarah and Abram not gone down? I don't know if we
1: would have won. I think who I think it probably would have been close. I think. Um, I don't think Sarah was ever ready for that final. Um, I think she was a liability no matter what. Um, And with, you know, with the red team having Dunbar, Tyler, and Brad there, all three big, strong dudes, and so much of that final was moving weight around, um, they definitely had an advantage in that sense. But I think we would have been much closer
0: if we didn't have the, you know, the medical stuff that went down. <laughs> and the funny part is, um, actually, Abe's been on here as well before, and he was saying that like he loved uh, what happened to him because, he, of course, Abe. he did.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he probably had some fucking weird epiphany while he was puking everything
0: out, you know. <laughs> but, but in some weird, twisted way, after thinking about it, like I kind of agree with him in the sense of like if you were to write a story about kind of how that season went, right? Mm-hmm. You take like the band of misfits that you guys were. Have you guys kind of overachieved expectations, and then kind of seem like the team to beat all year or all season? I'm thinking of football <laughs> terms, right? Now. right. Um, all season, and then um, the final comes, and then your star players go down, and Just then what? Again, yeah, yeah, so. <laughs>
1: No, no, I think you're totally right. I mean, as far as like the drama goes, like it's perfect. It set it up and it, you know, it created a really good storyline for us to, to pick up the pieces. You know, our leader went down, we had to figure out a way to survive after that. And, and I think we did a good job of it other than, uh, then sarah kind of being an anchor I, I wish she would have just bailed out when she started puking like i don't think they really show it too accurately but we had to deal with the sarah you know just break down for like over an hour before we could convince wow. her to get off that stretcher and get in the ambulance uh, um it was it was really frustrating <laughs>
0: So how hard was that final though? Cause I mean, you did three exiles on uh, fresh me too. Was it comparable to those? Oh, it was way worse. Um, it was, you know,
1: I, I think it's probably still potentially the hardest physical day I've had in my life. Um, and I've, I've had some pretty long days up in the mountains, um, that, you know, come close to that. But I, I think this was it because you're, it, you know, you've got the competition going on. It was legitimately like high 90s or low triple digits out there. You're, there's no shade. They tarred and feathered you. Um, and, and then it's just, yeah, it's nonstop with the weight. And that stretcher, um, it may not have like seemed like it to the viewers, but that stretcher was the most uncomfortable thing to carry in any position you could find like that was the absolute bar none worst part of that final was lugging that stretcher around with someone on it like it left just grooves in our shoulders and it was i think there's a scene there you know where laurels just like breaking down because you know it just hurts so bad um and just have to muscle
0: through that so that was a really really tough challenge yeah i mean for, from experience i hate performing in like the heat, I'm more of a cold guy. And I know a lot of people differ with me on that. I mean, I'm in a place where we get all four seasons, but man, if I were to choose, I'd rather a cold weather final than a hot weather any day of the week.
1: Right. You know, I think nowadays I'd agree with you back then. Um, I was coming off a pretty good career as a high school track athlete, um, you know, in the spring and summer. And so I was, I was pretty geared up and used to the, the hot competition. Um, so I, I was feeling pretty good but but yeah when you see people dropping like flies around you and you're like you guys didn't eat or drink this morning <laughs> wait so you did have
0: kind of like a background then now right That we yeah yeah
1: a bit I mean I was uh I was a well a big snowboarder in high school and then I was I was a pretty good track and field athlete so on the running side of things I I was pretty well prepared yeah
0: oh wow yeah I um I did track and field and um high school and um but i was kind of like a thrower i mean like i would run and practice and stuff but um they needed me for field and that type of area so mm-hmm.
1: i uh i threw javelin just to escape my hurdle workouts every once in a while um and throwing to jab was awesome but yeah i was mostly i did the 300 into 110 hurdles the 4x4 and the 4x1 um so yeah it was pretty fun I, you know that's actually the one sport that i miss. Uh, right now, that's like the one thing wow. as an adult, you know. It's like there isn't like an inner city track league, you know, that you can
0: go out <laughs> and run. at Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you. I mean, especially now, I mean, having nothing to do and stuff with the current uh, state of everything being in, you just want to go out and do something at this point. That's exactly. how I feel every other day.
1: You right? just gotta find a mountain, man. Go find a trail, climb up to the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. I guess that's hard in Manhattan, though, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> um, yeah, but you uh, were involved in a pretty funny elimination on Cutthroat <laughs> that I want to talk about now. Yeah. And yeah. Then, um, I talked with Aya about it when she went up against Katie. But um, you went on that fly swat elimination with Big Easy. What was, what was that like, and how long uh, did that go for? I mean, it was hilarious. Honestly, when we
1: saw what was going on, it was just, oh my God, you know, what, um, what kind of humiliation is happening here. But uh, it went on, you know, it's kind of hard to tell because the adrenaline's flowing and stuff. So time, you know, slows down. But I'd say like Easy and I were down there for like a solid 15, 20 minutes. Um, I think each one of those rounds with the different slaughters was like five minutes And the first one was just a joke. I mean, that first fly swatter, you could go all day and it it wouldn't hurt or do anything. Um, That second one, he started pounding my ear. I had that cartilage earring. And like he he nailed that thing so hard. He was just going for that. And he was starting to piss me off. Um, But, you know, it was just it was a big joke. Like it hurt. It wasn't fun, but it was funny at the same time. Uh, us with these stupid you know bug eye glasses on and stuff Um, but as soon as that bucket came out and he came out swinging hard like I knew I had it because like we just we had totally different strategies like he was he was getting frustrated and pissed off and he's you know swinging as hard as he could and I'm here thinking like it, it doesn't matter if we even hit each other anymore it's just all shoulder strength right now. Um, so I focus on that. And, and obviously, you know, that was the, the right game plan. So, but it was a fun, a fun and funny, you know, elimination round to be a part of it was it was definitely a whole new twist compared to anything in Fresh Meat 2. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you mentioned about um, going into that, like, you and your buddies would have, like, drunk games all the time, hitting each other in the face, so this should be nothing for you. Which, <laughs> yeah, I, I had
1: a little uh, a prior practice to that, for sure. I was never in a frat or anything in college, but I had a, a pretty good group of guy friends, and we'd 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 get into some good shenanigans. <laughs> and there was more than one night where there'd be a bottle of vodka or, you know, rum going around, and we'd just be... Fucking slapping the shit out of each other.
0: <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and another thing on Cutthroat um, that I want to talk about was on the Shit They Should Have Shown edition. There was um, kind of an altercation between uh, you and Camilla, and then uh, you had that little, like, what people would like to call swan dive when you hit your face on the ground. What, what was the stem of that whole altercation and what? Yeah. So
1: I got it. I guess I got to back it up like a little bit earlier that night. Um, I can't remember exactly when, you know, in the time frame of the challenge that was, but but we were drinking heavily that night. And for whatever reason, Derek and I decided to have a heart to heart, um, you know, just me and him. And in, in Europe, they've got these little 500 milliliter bottles of of vodka. It's not like the fifth to 750 milliliters. And we ended up somehow putting down three of those bottles. So like a liter and a half of vodka between the two of us. Um, And, you know, managed to, to have a good one on one and then get completely blacked out. And uh, I think I, I can't remember what sparked the confrontation with Camilla, but like at some point, I was frustrated because um, you know I was attracted to her, but production was kind of pushing it. And, um, and I'd gone and, you know, just totally like, she was about Johnny bananas. Like I had no chance in this. And like, there were some stupid, like set up scenes almost, you know, where I go like with her on a hammock or something and like try to shoot the shit and play the game or whatever, but, um, which just failed miserably. But anyways, I was drunk. I think I must've made some comments to Camilla and, uh, then her and Jen, got water, you know, got these big water jugs and just, you know, toss him over me. And I, I'm totally blackout drunk, just completely destroyed. And, and yeah, me and Camille are yelling at each other and, you know, just, just sloppy messes, right? And then I think you guys see, you know, where she kind of, like, sh- I get up in her face and she sort of, like, shoves me away. And then, like, the tile floor, or the stone floor of that castle thing was just so slippery that when she did that, you know, you see the swan dive straight down. (laughs) I just have these, like, I was so drunk. I just have these visions of um, being, I've got this, like, little snapshot recollection of being in this, like, it it seemed like a veterinarian's office with this, like, very mean-looking nurse, you know, and some doctor, like, staring over me. And then I woke up the next morning you know, probably still drunk um, and super hungover. And I'm just feeling my face like, oh, I need to shave. Like, what in the world is going on? Um, You know, no real recollection of the night before. And then I, like, stumble into the bathroom. And all of a sudden, I see five stitches on my chin. And then, you know, it all kind of starts coming back to me. (laughs) Wow. And
0: they didn't show that either.
1: No, no, they did it. Yeah, that was (laughs) that was wild. So yeah, I had to get stitched up. uh, I forget the gal's name from production, but she like almost fainted. Like she said that like I popped up from that swan dive so quick, like I wasn't even hurt. And then I started like yelling or talking again, and she said every time I moved my mouth, that my chin would just, like, open up and start squirting blood. Oh my God. <laughs> so they're like, oh, God, you know, of course, get this kid to the hospital or whatever. And, like, so that that was that. But um, I don't think Camilla deserved whatever I gave her that night, but she said something to spark whatever. <laughs> and what it is what it is now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should use this time as an insert clip moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, throw it on, man. <laughs> I'll never live it down. I'll, I'll forever love that scene. <laughs> it's quick the perfect swan dive to pavement. Quick pause. i <laughs> nice. Oh,
0: right.
1: oh. nice. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs>
0: so now something i gotta ask you now about which was a big thing that people um and i actually speculated on it again on this past season being in czech was about stuff being haunted over there i don't know what it is about czech republic right what was that house haunted do you think dude i you know
1: i'm pretty i was skeptical for a while i was skeptical for a couple weeks you know there were stories like you know and abram was kind of like the one kind of spreading these stories it's like abram you're you're just tossing shit out there and Um, But then there was a a time where Brandon and Jen and I um, were just sitting in this corner kind of by the kitchen. It was like one of two places in the house that didn't have a static camera um, like watching you. So we were kind of like blind and we didn't have a a, a production crew around us. And we were just kind of BS in um, and we were all sober. uh, And... It was the craziest thing ever. All three of us saw this, um, we were right by a window and we all of a sudden just see this little girl's hand, just kind of like pale little girl's hand with these like frilly old timey, you know, nightgown looking thing on just slowly and deliberately close this window. And um, we're, we're just all in like shock. We're like, what the hell? And then we all get up and look out the window And it's like Usain Bolt couldn't run far enough, or you know, fast enough to get out of our field of view, Um, and that kind of cemented it for me, man. Because the the whole premise of that haunting was like we weren't supposed to go on the third floor of the the building. It was just it was old and. it you know it was dangerous like the the flooring was you know broken and you know people could get hurt or whatever was the reason but there was we snuck up there one of the first days and it, it was pretty much just cleared out there was like a dusty old couch in the corner but there was this one room and it was this little girl's room it looked like you know maybe world war one world war two era and everything was still there like the little girl's bed was still there. The dresser was still there. There was this little, um, I forget what they call it, but, you know, those little things where you go and kneel and pray over in a corner. Like, it was just like it had been untouched. Um, and I swear to God, it was that little girl. Like, I don't know what happened to her, but, like, she hung around the house, and she was just this, like, not this, like, malevolent, you know, mean thing, but just, a, like, kind of mischievous little spirit, man. It was it was wild.
0: Wow. That is. That's probably like the first like actual confirmation that I've heard from someone on here um, talking about the that story about the girl. That's actually crazy. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And like I said, i have like, I've always been a skeptic. Like, I I still feel like I'm a skeptic in some ways. But like, I know that happened. I was sober. Two other people saw the exact same thing. And then some of the other stuff that happened later, you know, just helped reinforce it. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't think it was production pulling that thing. I think it was the real deal.
0: (laughs) So now I got to ask you now, since we just kind of basically covered base on everything that, um, you know, involved with your challenges. But now I kind of want to ask you about the newer challenge and get your take on something, which is kind of how they're casting now. Mm-hmm. So basically the last like couple years, they started um, pulling from like a broader casting pool consisting of Ari the one they've been pulling from people from the UK, Big Brother what is your thoughts on them pulling from other uh, shows like that?
1: Oh, I, I mean, I think it's certainly adding to the drama. Like, I haven't really been following it much. I, I know they've been pulling from these other shows, but I haven't really been watching them. Um, I think it's, pro- it's it's a smart business move. They're getting a lot of different, um, you know, people from different countries, backgrounds. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a shrinks wet dream, you know, to get all these additional personalities in there. Um, but you know it kind of it dilutes the the purity of what it used to be right but you know times change and i I'd, I'd say people are still watching it
0: right yeah and I, and I use this analogy a lot when i talk about kind of having to make your graduation i know maybe it might not be like a in your case because you went straight onto the challenge but in like most cases like with the real world of road rules I always say like people kind of have to like graduate from there in order to make it onto the challenge which I mean granted I mean now you know after how many many years like things kind of change and evolve and you can only do how many years of the real world I feel like so that was bound to fizzle out at some For point sure, so, yeah. like, so it's like where are we going to be pulling people from you know
1: but no, you're right. I like that analogy. I mean, at some extent, you know, like you said, I kind of got the free ride and it, to some extent, but yeah, you got to pay your dues somewhere else to, you know, get on the, the varsity team, right. And play on the challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now I got to ask you though, would you watch the challenge again?
1: yeah no i'd watch it um i just find myself like a normal life i've got such a busy life that tv i don't watch a lot of tv these days um but if like i you know a bunch of the old homies from the challenge like i I hear talk about this og challenge you know um people are trying to make this happen like i think that's definitely something that i would watch uh like if i've got a connection you know and people that i know are in there i I, of course i'm going to watch it yeah
0: Yeah, and they're, like, a big thing that's happening um, this season that's currently filming, like, spoilers and stuff come out, like, who's going to be there and stuff. Darrell and uh, Teresa are actually returning and going on to this coming season, yeah. And Johnny Bananas isn't on it. Uh, Okay, well, yeah, Johnny's got, like, a CBS show or something, right? Yeah, NBC, first look, yeah.
1: He just won again
0: last season, so...
1: Yeah, no, he's one of the few that's made it happen, man. Like Johnny went all the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, good for him, right? But um, uh, oh, absolutely. It's kind, of, it's kind of crazy because when I had Car Maria on, we were talking about who we wanted to return and stuff like that. And I think it was like six days before it came out. She said Darrell, and I said Teresa, and then it actually yeah. happened. And then everybody on Twitter was telling me that we manifested it or we knew something, and I was like, "No, I really." Don't oh know. man! Well, I'm pulling Landon
1: out, man. I think wholesome, fucking badass backcountry Landon needs to go out there and just kill it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people would uh, <laughs> hope that uh, that would come to fruition with uh, you saying that. I mean, me as well. But um, from talking to him, I think uh, that's kind of behind him. He's, uh, you know. Kind of pushing, uh, like, or no, he is. I think he just turned forty or something like that, and he thinks that like going up against a bunch of people like in their twenties, early thirties, isn't something that's in the cards right now.
1: Right. Well, no, I,
0: I get it. Like I was watching,
1: um, you know, cutthroat season a, a while back and like watching that final and then looking at me and my dad bod now, you know, and it's like, whoo, they better give me like six or eight months to train if I'm ever going to go back in that kind of house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So if you were given like a six to eight month like time frame, like, okay, we're going to call you in like eight months to uh, go on a challenge, say now, would you do it? If I could, if
1: I could manage the work situation, absolutely. I, I, I'd i love to go on a third one and, you know, and it would be nice to win one. Like I felt that bittersweet, like second place, you know, wasn't satisfying enough. Um, but I will say... I, the cards aren't really lining up, right? Like I I run a business now and if they're not going to let me, you know, run that business actively while I'm there, it's probably just not in the cards. Uh, So, and I don't think my liver's up to the task anymore either. Oh my God. (laughs) It would be fun though.
0: Well, yeah. And I uh, thank you for coming on here today, Luke. I mean, from the beginning, you were one of the first people in the very, very beginning that I reached out to to try and make this happen. And I'm glad, um, you know, so many months later, now I've grown and then now you're coming on here and you're one of the last remaining Fresh Me Too people that um, was left for me to kind of get on. So it's cool that we were able to make this happen. Absolutely, man. I'm stoked. Yeah, stoked we finally made it happen. Got the crosshairs,
1: you know, lined up. And uh, yeah, I think it's been awesome.
0: (laughs) Well, uh, thank you again for joining me. I look forward to uh, putting this out. I'll uh, give you the link when it's up. And uh, people, for whoever's watching this, make sure you give a like, subscribe, comment, something for Luke down below, something nice that maybe I could uh, swing his way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've had enough real world hate throughout the years, right? (laughs) Thanks again, Luke. No problem. Thank you, Mike. Have a good one, man. You too.